This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. It was perhaps inevitable that the man-made world would one day require a unique woman. You are that unique woman, Diana. You will be the Wonder Woman. You're endowed with extraordinary wisdom, love, and strength, daughter. And now you're charged with a mission. To accomplish that mission, you must leave this island. You must adopt other ways. For that is the only true means of taking our pure and true love of justice and right to that world beyond ours here. There's deep sadness in having you leave us. But there's also joy. The hope that your presence in the world of man will open closed eyes to the genuine value of women. That you'll never lose the sensitivity that is our real strength. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean and I am returning with Greg and Gary and Lynn. What's going on? Good morning. Hey, people. A cup of tea. It's the best thing in the world. That's what's going on, Greg. What's going on for a you? A cup of tea? Um, nothing right now. I'm just sitting here getting ready to do a podcast. We're not getting ready to do it. We're doing it. <laughs> We're actually recording right now. Oh, we are? Oh, I forgot to turn it off. You're recording, Greg? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I do that to us again. Wow! Wow! Oh no! So, Epic fail. so we discussed some comic book adaptations last week, which I think we're is just going to go thing. right into it. What is there more? Throw into the topic. What do you want to talk about now? Did you want to do? I mean, this seems like a topic that's ripe for a movie from the vault. Do you have any movies that would fit movie from the vault from this topic? In my opinion, these are all movies from the vault. Because oh, most of these them. movies are not available. I'll, I'll give you a movie from the vault. Because this one took me by surprise. And actually, my cousin mentioned this to me. And if I ever saw this, then I never had any real recollection of it. But before the Linda Carter Wonder Woman series came out, there was actually a pilot a couple years prior to that. Oh, well, yeah, I've seen In this. 1974. Yeah. This Kathy Lee Crosby, yeah. have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen that. I actually was able to get hold of this and watch it yesterday, so that I was. But this blew my mind. Now, there's an interesting history to this. So this might be a good one for us to talk about. But back in the late '60s was when they were trying to revamp Wonder Woman, and they sort of ditched the tights and they made her more of what they thought was more of a liberated woman where she was like just wearing casual clothes and she was studying karate and she didn't have superpowers and all this. And we may have talked about this a little bit in the women in refrigerators episode, but, but, uh, the whole idea that they, they completely stripped her of her powers and they stripped her of the tights and they just had her, they thought they were modernizing wonder woman and they really just ruined her. This movie, I'm, I'm guessing even though by the early 70s, like about 73, they put her, the comic books put her back in the tights, but I think this movie came out in 74, so it's probably riding along, you know, the, 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 the tale of, of this idea of the no tights Wonder Woman, because Kathy Lee Crosby is not what you would typically think of 
as as Wonder Woman. Yeah, she never dresses up, you, does she? She never gets yeah, up. Yeah, Google. Well, she has an outfit, but it looks nothing like it. has got, like, blue sleeves with the stars along it, but uh, it looks more like a, like a red tunic kind of deal and all this. Like, she does, she is an Amazon princess and all this, but, but she doesn't oh, wow. look at all like Wonder Woman. And she's fighting Ricardo Montalban. The movie, I, I did watch the movie, and it was a little hard to follow. It's very donkey-centric, in my opinion. A lot of the plot revolved around this <laughs> pack mule that I, I I guess I walked out when they explained why they, the, the mule was important. <laughs> like a big, silly thing. Yeah, but, this looks like a Star Trek type of out- outfit. Yeah, are you seeing it? Yeah, right Google image this. Yeah. You, yeah, you'll be like, what? Like, it doesn't look anything like what you would imagine. And basically, I don't know what the timing is as far as it, it really kind of plays off as like a Charlie's Angels kind of thing. But it's only like a year or two later that they they completely change their mind about that and come up with the Linda Carter, the new adventures of Wonder Woman, which obviously, you know, was, you know, is a big hit with people. Like, And in fact, I don't think there's a more iconic vision of Wonder Woman than Linda Carter in that outfit. But even that one had a reboot. You know what I mean? The second season was a complete reboot. Yeah, but not of the outfit. No. Well, well, a little bit. The first, yeah, that is interesting how... Well, if it ain't broke. Yeah, slightly revamped. But yeah, the, the, the idea... Yeah, exactly. Don't mess with the outfit. That was the one thing everyone could agree <laughs> with. But, well, because what happened was they, they created her as like a World War II character. And she was fighting like Nazis or whatever in World War Two in the first season, and then she I think in the second, they gave it the Galactica 1980 revamp is what they did. They're like, we like this, but it's too expensive to keep trying to make this period piece. So what do we do? Like, we'll just just revamp it, make it take place now. And they did without any explanation whatsoever. They just completely you could do that in television back then. You just retool it week to week and not even explain a thing. And that's what they did. They just, in the second season, it's set in the 70s. All the same characters are there. It's just modern now, and they have a robot for no reason. (laughs) They work for, like, some (laughs) kind of government agency that's whatever. But but it's fun, you know? And I, I think, you know, people still look at the Linda Carter Wonder Woman as, like, the iconic, you know, the Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm. Like, what he is to Superman. And every time, like... David E. Kelly's got this new Wonder Woman series come out, and as soon as the first picture of this outfit came out, she was wearing pants. Everyone was like, yeah, "Stupid!" <laughs> In every other way, it's very Why similar to the Linda Carter. Like ridiculous, Wonder Woman in pants, it's crap. Like, like fans were like, "This series will never last." Like, like they never had one second. Like, God, please hold on. Wouldn't that suck? Like, you like your whole effort just get, you know. And just implodes because of the first production photo. <laughs> People are very sensitive. Like I don't know if you follow this at all, Greg, because we talked about it on the the forum. So you you may not be aware of this discussion. Yes. But uh, <laughs> but we've been talking about the Wonder Woman series, and and what's funny is Gloria Steinem actually is still kind of vocal about this. But back in the late '60s, when they first did it with Wonder Woman, she took offense to like getting rid of the tights which they thought they were being liberated and, and progressive, but actually the, the opposite was like, you know, Wonder Woman's an icon, just like Superman. She wears tights. That's what she does. It's not sexist. It's the character. It's the idealized character. So 
But she's mad when you put her in pants because then she's like, that makes pants look powerful. It's like, well, well whatever. <laughs> Calm down, What do you Gloria. want from us? <laughs> underwear. <laughs> but, underwear. Yeah, women can wear pants. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's not, allowed it's not like in we're not trying society. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the idea that, that, that she found it offensive that they took away the tights, I think is telling because we don't, we're not offended by the tights. We, we accept that as part of the character. Just like Superman, you know, you're not gonna put super, you're not gonna get rid of the underwear on the outside. You know, he's not gonna just wear pants. And you're certainly gonna have him running around in the, jeans. The characters are so idealized, and we've come to grips with the fact that all the women are gonna be just wearing, you know, nothing, and all the men are gonna be wearing something else. You know, like it's it's something that you know the guys are often shirtless and that sort of business. So we're we're down with it. It's it's sort of equaled out. Yeah, show off the muscles. That's the guys show off the muscles. The women show off the goods, and that's how it works. It's not look at James Bond. Yeah, he, yeah, he's always taking his shirt off, but that's just part of it, you know. And we've had that discussion a little bit on the forum too. Is when you try to make the tights seem reasonable, is when it gets ridiculous. It's like when you accept the tights as just part of the deal, it works better. Like when they just show up, like the Spider-Man movie, I think had it perfectly right, where he dinks around with ideas for a costume, and then like in the next scene, he just comes up in this like fifty million dollar costume. That you're like, how did Peter Parker make that? Like, no, d- please, no, don't explain it. Just at some point, he's got to be dressed as Spider-Man. Just deal with it. The and dark it works. side of Peter Parker. Yeah, don't don't overthink it. Like he's got to be wearing tights. That's just the plan. Like, Superman shows up in tights. Okay, I understand he's from another planet. That's where he gets his powers. What, what is up with the cape? Like, they never explain it. Like, and they should... His mom makes it. Well, that's... Yeah, they later on, they, they do all that. But really, the, the be- it's better for him to just show up in the it's tights. It's the same for Peter Parker. He doesn't have a mom. Poor boy. Well, neither does Batman, but he has a, like, an inventor. Batman's the only character that you can get away with trying to explain how they make that suit and try to pass it off as in any way Morgan real. Morgan Freeman did it. Yeah. Like, Batman, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's what makes Batman Begins brilliant. But Superman can't have that. It's, it's complete fantasy from minute one. So stop trying to make it real or gritty or, or you know, modern. Just go with it. Full tights. That's what makes it work. That's what Wonder Woman works I, on. I that. do like men in tights. Well, men folk wearing tights. I am, especially after Excellent. being immersed in, in all these movies. I was saying earlier, like, I've I watched so many of these movies yesterday that now I feel like the flaming carrot because it's like his his whole origin was reading five thousand comics in a single sitting, and he just becomes kind of mentally retarded and, and gets brain damage and thinks that he's a superhero. So he wears a no, giant carrot, carrot for head. Oh, see, you've, you've never seen the Flaming Carrot. You should. I mean, they, they haven't made a movie of the Flaming Carrot, but technically they kind of did. Because if you're familiar with a movie called Mystery Men with Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. Mystery Men was based on peripheral characters from the Flaming Carrot comic, even though the Flaming Carrot himself is not. Wait, you're it. telling me that there was a co- character in that comic that they thought was too stupid to put in the movie? I think they just liked the idea of Mystery Men as a as a as a group. Like, I think that it wanted... The mythos of Flaming Carrot's a little bit weirder because he's just a complete oddball. And I think it would make a great show or a movie. Because Flaming Carrot was like a precursor of stuff like The Tick. 
Well, I'm glad that now they're putting that sort of thing more into TV series than trying to squish it all into a movie. I've been putting on the forum about this new HBO series, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is based on some fantasy books. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, I expect um, that's yeah, I'm good. happy that they're actually making it into a series, not just trying to squish it into one movie. Well, that's what HBO's good for, you know? You can actually get more, like the true Give blood it a real stuff. Budget. You can get more out of the story by doing yeah. a sort of serial out of it where you get ten episodes to a season. Yeah. But... Although with True Blood, they put so much more in because the books are fairly thin. <laughs> well, I don't watch the, I don't read the books, but the move, the, the show cracks me up. I really do enjoy the the show because every episode ends with someone screaming. There's always like some crap cliffhanger. True Blood like, is just boobs. these guys are doing silly, it. Up. Silly oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Game of Thrones looks quite interesting. It's got Sean Bean in it. Who I love. And he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's great. And it looks like they're actually taking it seriously. Like the visuals look really cool. It's got this sort of old medieval-y, politic-y kings and thrones and that sort of mm-hmm. business in it. So Ben's going to be, he's just like, he's jumping up and down with joy. It looks like Conan's <laughs> going to be in it from those previews. looks like the dude that's playing Conan is in it. Which one is he? He's the big, well, he's a big Samoan-looking dude. I don't know why they always put that guy in mascara so he has scary eyes, but they do it in Conan too, where he's just like That's this big eyes. buffy dreadlock <laughs> thing. But but he does have scary eyes. He used to be he used to be just a guy. He, well, actually, sci-fi fans will probably know him because he was uh, he was the wharf of uh, Stargate Atlantis. He was just some weird alien they picked up who was like a big warrior, but they didn't even bother to put a forehead on him. They're just like talk, you know, get dreadlocks and act tough. Eyeliner. Yeah, eyeliner. Now he's Conan. <laughs> That's the secret to looking tough: is proper eye makeup. But he is a Works scary for the looking dude, boys. and he looks scary in the previews of this. I think it's the same dude. A lot of good-looking women. Looks like there's going to be a lot of nudity and sex in this. Like you love HBO because like uh, they're already in the promos. Eh? Like, look, you know we're going to have a lot of nudity and sex, right? I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> All right. I know you may not be in a fantasy or whatever, but you know that chick's going to get naked. Like, so they, they, they sell to the masses. They they play to their Works audience. Works on all levels. Yeah, that's how Rome yeah. was. Well, I think that's really what they're banking oh, that's on. Awesome like, this is going to be Rome. Yeah. Or like that Spartacus show on Stars where you get to see Lucy Lawless all naked. I tried to get into that one. I, I watched like the first six episodes and I thought it was pretty interesting. But then I just didn't watch the rest. I guess I'll Netflix the rest. I was watching that on streaming. But, I mean, it was interesting enough to keep watching. But, well, I say that, but then I didn't. So, who knows? <laughs> oh, now they got a new Spartacus, right? A new guy. Yeah, they got a new series now. With, they might as well, because they keep calling it Spartacus. and doesn't have a damn thing to do with Spartacus. None of them do. Nah. They're not Spartacus. Well, they're all Spartacus, didn't you hear? I'm yeah, Spartacus. everyone's Spartacus. You didn't see the end of that movie? Everyone's Spartacus. Spartacus is Every dude that was there in that scene, yeah, we're making a different season about him. <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of cool if they did that. You know, yeah. Everyone is Spartacus. It would be. Yes. They, they culminated into that. That'd be kind of cool. They did that at the end of the BBC Robin Hood. This is a bit of a spoiler, but at the end of the BBC Robin Hood, Robin Hood dies. And all of the merry men gather around and say, "What are we going to do?" I mean, you know, our our main character's dead, and and they just say, "Well, we've lost our protagonist." You know, there's a little bit of Robin in all of us. We can keep the mythos going, and all of us can be Robin Hood. <laughs> I saw that series. I thought it was crap. So, <laughs> I don't know why Robin Hood is so hard to it. make cool. 
Yeah, he was always a favorite uh, of mine as a kid. Yeah, it seems like all his movies guy. are just awful. He's cool in my movie. I made a Robin I Hood did, movie. I did like cool. your Robin Hood movie, actually. I actually think you yep. should take that and run with it, because a, a Robin Hood as a horror story, which is what that would be, Well, that is what the original awesome. tales had. The original tales just had Robin Hood killing people. Well, see, I think that's what you should go with. This idea that they fall in with this sort of merry outlaw and then he turns out to be a total psychopath would make a great feature-length film. As a I Robin Hood as like a slasher flick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's absolutely brilliant. Only if we keep that... And I thought if we the, keep the Benji Smith, well who I cast as Robin Hood. Did I you like I, the guy who we cast so as Robin far Hood? The, the, my favorite thing of, of what I've seen that you've done is that Robin Hood one. I think it comes down to having a really great dude playing Robin Hood because he was awesome. Oh, there it goes. That's what you get for making tea. Is <laughs> <laughs> she completely this. gone or? Go um, poke the kangaroo. Go poke the kangaroo. He, he stopped peddling. Uh, yeah, actually, she is completely gone. Hold on. Oh, she's back. Can Can you hear us, Lynn? Yeah, yeah, it's just my internet's dropping in and out. That's cool. Yeah, you're clipping a little bit yeah. there. Koala's eating my internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, Spider-Man had like a little like series in the 70s. Did you see any of those? Where he's like ninja no. fighting people? I tried yeah. to download... I, well, I tried to acquire some of that somehow to watch it this weekend. But I couldn't find it anywhere... Like, even to download, like, I couldn't find a place to even watch this stuff online, but... It, it was successfully the... buried. Yeah, really. Uh, well, it must be crazy why they don't just... I mean, why they don't just release this stuff on DVD? You know, we understand it's not going to hurt the big budget project. Just go ahead and put it out on DVD. I mean, people would be interested in it. People yeah. would buy it because they just got through watching the new one. I buy it. I, I find it very interesting. I would buy it. But apparently this, I don't know if this was in conjunction with the Japanese kind of thing, like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but it's like every time he put on the tights, he's just doing like kung fu fighting and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I remember that. What, oh, what, awesome. what, about what year was that? This is like in 77, but it, he had this crap yeah. mask where, you know, he had just had like these sort of circular, it looked like microphone things on the in, as eyes. Yeah. Like yeah. and, and he, it, it it was fun, but it wasn't very good. Apparently, this was a TV show, but most of the time you see it, it's 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 available as movies where they've just I think cut together a couple episodes of the TV show and called it a movie. Yeah, when I was younger, I do remember uh, seeing some of that on television. It it was awful. I mean, like when he was swinging yeah. from with, with like the webs. I mean, it was like <laughs> when he shoots, the it web, was awful. It, it's like a twenty pound rope. Yeah. Just whoosh. Like I a, desperately wanted to watch some of that because that looked awesome. But uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really fun one. I I I did see a little bit of that as a kid, but I feel like a little left out because I'd watch. I I realized that a lot of this stuff I got excited when it was on when I was a kid, and then I realized that I never actually saw it all the way through. And that, like these Captain Americas, that, that was the way it was with the Captain Americas, where I finally got a hold of these movies and watched them both. I'm like, I've never seen these. <laughs> I just, because you know, back then it was TV, so it's like he only shows up in the suit for like five minutes in a movie, and in these he's just doing like you know motocross stunts in a motorcycle. <laughs> so fun. I I actually do enjoy those. Like even though I I didn't think that the the 1990 movie was terrible. 
I think I enjoy the, the 70s ones where it's just because this guy's like looks like Red Brown basically looks like a big he looks like a linebacker like he's just like this giant beefy dude so they just picked a guy they were like just throw that guy in spandex and that's it like they didn't make all these fitted suits like they did later on with Batman where they made something out of rubber they're just like well, put that guy in some spandex and let's go <laughs> and it's so funny like the the whole concept he was like an ex-marine who's riding around the countryside in a van and all he wants to do is draw pictures of the ocean and all this stuff <laughs> and they're trying to entice him to become Captain America like this is the fluffiest Captain America I've ever seen it was it like all like movie. in modern time like yeah, there was no. It was in the seventies. Yeah, it was. Like, but I mean, it was modern to the seventies. Back then, they would just revamp the idea and make it easier. And this is like his dad was a scientist who had developed. It was kind of similar to the Hulk in the movie, where his dad had sort of built the thing. He built the the formula around his own DNA. So the idea was they had to find his son because he was the only one who you know wouldn't have cell rejection to take gotcha. the super formula. So the whole idea, like you know, I'll give them in the 1990 movie. They follow the very the very same concept of Captain America that I always thought would make a good movie, which is they're what they're doing in the modern movie, which is you take him in World War II, you give him the super soldier formula, and in this movie he gets frozen and thawed out in modern times. Like that's the Captain America story. I think in the new movie, they're the whole movie is going to take place in. In the past, World War Two. From what I'm yeah, hearing, yeah, that's what it looks like. I'd assume that the end of it would be him getting frozen. That would be my assumption too, as a lead-in to uh, the, so Avengers. the Avengers. I, yeah. and I the heard Avengers, you probably have them thawed out then. Yeah, which would be awesome actually, because you can get more out of that story. Yeah. Now, what I heard was that they they're doing reshoots right now in this movie. I'm like, good lord, really? Reshoots? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to come out in like a month. It's like so that's not a good sign at all. Oh man! I wonder. So we'll Test audiences see. must have uh, went badly. Exactly. That that was my thought exactly. But for the previews I'm seeing, looks like this thing's gonna. It looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty fun to me. I, I like the concept. I like the costumes. I like the people. You know, I like Captain America. I'm looking forward to seeing Captain America. So I'm I'm a big fan up front of this movie. So hopefully it it will live up to that expectation. But we'll just have to see. I do, I do hate to hear... It doesn't necessarily mean it's not a good movie because you never know what test audiences are going to be into. Yeah. I'm much more excited about Captain America than I am Thor. Yeah, me too. No. Yeah. I never have been a big Thor person. I mean, it looks like a good yeah. movie. I'm just saying, you know, Captain America is the movie I've wanted to see. Yeah. Just like I'm excited about, you know, Green Lantern. I want to see that movie more than I want to see Thor. Thor has a hammer. So we'll see how those work out. Green Lantern actually is probably the least used superhero in in all of comic book uh, like comics to movie history. Green Lantern had some appearances on Super Friends, but he wasn't a regular and there was a guy dressed as Green Lantern in the Challenge of the Superheroes TV special in the 70s. Do you even know what that is? I vaguely remember no. that, I think. <laughs> this was truly terrible. This was where they were going to bring back Batman, the 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 '60s series. They brought back the, the uh, Adam action. West and Burt Ward, and they were going to make another live action Batman. And everyone's like, "Oh, awesome!" And I want to say that this was a project by Hanna Barbera, and 
they created Challenge of the Super the Friends. The people? Well, the people who did uh, uh, the cartoons, uh, most of the big cartoons at the time. And yeah, they did the Ugly Bear. Yeah, I think so. I think they also did. Yeah, they, they had their whole, you know, their whole mythology of of cartoon characters, and they did like the Herculoids and you know, yeah. Space Ghost. I think they did also. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun stuff. Hanna Barbera did good stuff, but they did some weird live action ones. Not, you know, not excluding Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, where they actually did a live action movie with Kiss <laughs> fighting, Love that one. fighting an evil supervillain in a theme park. <laughs> That sounds terrible. It's awesome. <laughs> but but they did. I want to say, I'm sure that they also did this, but we, we should probably research it. But this is called Challenge yeah. of the Superheroes. And Aren't Batman sure? and Robin come back, and they just gathered up all of these, like, nothing actors and threw them in costumes. And they had, like, Green Lantern and the Huntress. Solomon Grundy was in this thing. And, uh... I can't remember. I think Shazam was in it because I'm pretty sure that Dr. Savannah was one of the bad guys. But they just rounded up all the weirdos and made a, a TV special out of it. And what's worse about it is, you know, Challenge of the Superheroes was already pretty bad. But the second part that they developed was called The Roast. And The Roast, they had this made up superhero called Retired Man. <laughs> And he was like this old guy, and they sat him down. And I assume that this was the time, during the time period where, you know, celebrity roasts were very popular. And so they all got together and they roasted this old guy, like in just a full on stand up variety show kind of way. And there was a Green Lantern in that, and that was the only time there was a live action Green Lantern in anything. Until they started doing recently. Recently, they did the Justice League cartoon and brought in the Jon Stewart Green Lantern as part of that. But before that, you know, the Green Lantern hasn't really appeared in anything. Flash pops up in a bunch of stuff, like that Justice League TV show that was terrible. He may have been in, he may have been in Challenge of the Superheroes. Let's see if we can get a picture on this. It's a Legends of the Superheroes. Well, that's what some people call it. Yeah, well, welcome to one. Some people also call it the Challenge of the Super Friends, but well, yeah, some actually, Challenge of the Super crap. Friends is a Hanna Barbera '78 uh, cartoon. Because I was having difficulty trying to figure out which one you were talking about here for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Challenge being the first part, and then the roast being the second part. Yeah. So Black Canary was in this thing. Green Lantern was in this thing. Shazam, Flash was there. They got Frank Shazam. Frank Gorshin is a Riddler, but he looks like he's put on a little pot belly there. <laughs> uh, Solomon Grundy, Hawkman. So what they did was they just bought up, you know, all the people that they could get the rights to for almost nothing. Yeah. Isn't that what these shows are about? Back then, especially it was. You know. What can we do to not spend any money, but still have costumes? Why don't they just make up their own? Really. Yeah, I always wonder that. You know, we were actually briefly mentioned that on Facebook. This chick that plays Huntress is pretty buxom. Yeah. But, uh... Oh, she's got your vote. Yeah, really. Well, it was Boop. kind of all about it back then, too. You know, it's like what you're watching... That's what made the Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman so difficult to understand. Although she was considered something of a hottie back then. If you do a Google image search of her, you'll see some swimsuit shots. Oh yeah, she's 70s hot. 
but well, you say that, but then do some some searches for Linda Carter. I mean, like it's hard to compete at all in any era with with what Linda Carter looked like back then. Oh yeah, she's nice looking. Too. Oh my god. I've often said it's 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 kind of frustrating when in that some women were popular in the era before high resolution <laughs> photography was available. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that slow mo stuff. Yeah, that's sad but true. I mean, I've seen it <laughs> just in my limited experience. Well, that's mm. just the like I said look at like Helen Slater back then like it's between Supergirl which also is on this list as a, as a fun movie but Legend of Billie Jean is a very very attractive woman but Supergirl's also on this list I, I sadly Supergirl I actually bought a copy of it on Amazon and it never came so I'm sure I'm sure it will I mean it's not like I bought it six months ago but you know, sometimes you buy stuff online. You tried to do the right forever. thing. Yeah. So I, I didn't get the opportunity to rewatch that before before now. But Supergirl had an interesting incarnation. They should make it another Supergirl sort of movie now or movie. TV show. I mean, it was well because they tried to find a way to sort of fit it in the mold of the Superman movies, but also have it happen outside. It. Yeah. Like so, it's got you know Mark McClure does show up as as Jimmy Olsen in the movie to sort of tie it in with Superman movies but there's no real mention of Superman himself and the villain that they make up is like Faye Dunaway as as a witch because they try to figure out who could like who could fight like Supergirl and they just you know well they're vulnerable to magic which is actually true in the comics <laughs> so there's a whole storyline where she fights a witch so I'm looking forward. I'll, I'll be glad when that when that kind of finally comes in the mail because I'm looking forward to re, revisiting that because I'm a fan of the whole concept. Actually, with Smallville over and surely V will be over soon, they should get the girl who played Supergirl in Smallville and just give her a show. Hmm. I think a Supergirl revamp would be a great deal of fun. Now, which one in V was from Smallville? She's the blonde girl. Oh, the uh, daughter. Yeah, ah. she played Supergirl in Smallville. Ah. Yeah, that show's not long. Okay, well, that would make sense. Yeah. But I'd see that. I liked her in Smallville too. There, are, I can't think of an incarnation of Supergirl that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> well, yeah, she make. But, yeah, I could see her being a good Supergirl. I didn't see her in the show, but. Oh, she was. I mean, they don't really have the outfit. They're not wearing costumes too much in in that show, but. Hmm. But that was a good one. Speaking of weird offshoots of the Superman series, uh, you remember we talked a little bit about the Superboy TV show. Yeah. Before, that's an interesting. I was actually having a conversation with uh, my buddy Wilson about that, like the other day, and he was he recommended a book called uh, I think it's called Superman versus Hollywood, which is this whole history of all the different film incarnations, film and television incarnations of, of Superman. That would be a pretty cool book. So, cause it was interesting to me because we started talking about the Superboy TV show, which most people don't remember. And I, I had said earlier on the show, there's actually a guy named ghetto man on this roast. Ghetto. <laughs> like, Oh my God. 
God. <laughs> it was a dark time. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, Superman versus Hollywood is the name of the book. But what what was fun about it was the fact that we were actually had, had a chance to discuss the Superboy TV show because I had mentioned that the the guy who first appeared in the, in the original season of the Superboy TV show had left because he didn't want to play the the, the slapsticky Clark Kent, and which, he was never heard from again. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe that was an error in judgment. But Wilson reminded me, actually, if you just. Google Superman versus you find a lot of fun stuff like the Superman versus Spider-Man team up, but there was also a Superman versus Muhammad Ali. I should look for this on eBay. Superman versus Muhammad Ali. There's also a Superman where he fights or teams up with He-Man in one of the comics. Really? Yeah, I'm going to have to eBay these things later. Yeah, Superman versus. There's a lot of good stuff there. I remember the Superman and Spider-Man thing. That was when they were doing those crossover battles, right? Yeah, and those were the most fun. I, yeah. I really liked those. Let's see if I can see the name of this this dude that played him. But I mentioned him very briefly because he actually... Because uh, he was actually the star of Desert Kickboxer, which was a fun B-movie that I was mentioning at the time. <laughs> but he started out... John Hames Newton is the name of the guy. And according to, apparently, he also had a lot of creative disputes with him as far as how much money he wanted to make. <laughs> and near the end of the, the last season, I guess he had, the first season, he had gotten into trouble because he had a DUI or something, from what <laughs> no, I was told. That's probably just to the excuse that so he to get rid of So apparently, there were lots of reasons yeah, <laughs> that really. he did not return. <laughs> they, they could take their pick. Well, it was always... Well, I think I've talked about this on, on a previous episode, but they shot in, or the second season they shot in Orlando. And I always thought that was kind of funny. It's like when you, you see the skyline of Metropolis, it was always downtown Orlando. Because if you go to, uh, you know, back in those days, if you were to go to Universal Studios and take the tour, the the, the Superboy Studio, back, back when I was younger and actually went there, the Superboy Studio was there. Like, well, like, yeah, they were I mean, still making that show then, back then. Those those studios in Orlando were actually working studios. They tried to make them working studios. I don't I don't think they are so much now. But um, but apparently they had four seasons of the Superboy show. I had no idea. Oh really? But I've got it in my Netflix queue. I'm very curious about the this show. It was just like a, a Saturday morning, like thirty minute show. But it was live action. In the first season that was kinda played a little straighter. And he was, you know, fighting muggers and things like that. The second season, they brought in the other guy, and they actually made an effort to try to bring in known Superman, like, supervillains. So he actually did fight Mixelplik and Bizarro and, and they, all these different kind of characters. So it's neat. I, I, I think I'll enjoy watching it. But that's a good cheesy one. Let's see, what else have we got here? Swamp Thing didn't mention Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's an interesting character, and in, because you wouldn't think of him as being a staple character, getting like transferring to the screen, but Swamp Thing has had more screen adaptations and incarnations than most comic book heroes. 
Because Swamp Thing, not only... I did watch this movie over the weekend, but Wes Craven did the original Swamp Thing movie. Yeah, I do remember that. Which was actually a pretty good movie. I I liked that one. And uh, then later on, they did a follow-up, which was a straight-up B-movie follow-up. Is that a sequel, or was that a remake? It was a sequel. And bizarre as it was, they decided to come back and make another Swamp Thing movie. And without really following the spirit of the original Swamp Thing movie very much, they did bring back Louis Jordan as uh, Arcane, and they brought back uh, Swamp Thing, and they did it as a follow-up, but it's a, a campy, sort of cheesy action comedy, which is weird. And the instead of Adrian Barbeau in that one, it's Heather Locklear. <laughs> so, but but still, so much fun. If you like B, B, B if you like B movies, you know this is not a very a very purist adaptation of Swamp Thing, but it is a, a lot of fun. It's just a cheesy B movie. Then he came back later on his. He had his own series on the USA Network, so he had his own TV show for a while. And then they brought in Kari Wurr. Of course, they did. And as we've mentioned before on the show, that's, she kills when, every, that's when it comes off the rails. You're like, holy crap. She's the Nyarla Thotep of sci-fi action movies and or TV. But but that that, that show wasn't long for this world in, in, anyway. And for a very brief, they may have only made a pilot, but for a very brief period, they actually did try to make a Swamp Thing cartoon for kids. <laughs> But one interesting thing about the Swamp Thing series from the both of the movies and the, the TV show is the same actor, Dick DeRock, actually plays Swamp Thing throughout all of those. Yeah. He was the on-screen Swamp Thing in, in every incarnation. So he always has a similar you know, look and definitely and the same he, voice. He has a similar build, but it's a different costume every time. You know, in the first ah, really? movie, he's just a guy, he's just basically covered in rubber. You know, he has a pretty good looking mask, but he was covered in a foam suit that, from what I heard, every time it got wet, started to fall apart, which was a problem because yeah, they're shooting in the swamp. Yeah. So they're basically having to just tape this thing back together every time <laughs> they're done with the scene. But for the time, you know, it was decent. The second movie had a very cool looking costume. They tried they based the look of the character on the later incarnations in the comics. And uh, he was very cool looking. Probably the best looking suit. And then in the TV show, it was also very similar. And they changed the look of the face a little bit. But, you know, where he's just kind of covered in roots and moss. But it was a pretty good suit. Seeing a lot of ads for this Dylan Dog movie. Does this come from something? Are you guys familiar with Dylan Dog? I do remember seeing the trailer for it, but I don't recall the trailer. Now that you've Dylan mentioned Dog. it. Some kind of like oh. zombie hunter, monster hunter movie. Looks fun. And it's got Brandon Ruth in it, and I support it just for that. This guy got a little screwed in the Superman. While we're talking about comic book movies, Brandon Ruth, if you don't like Superman Returns, that's one thing. But they, he certainly did a good job. Who's playing Superman in this new one? What is the name's dude? Uh, the dude's name is Henry Cavill from the Tudors. Is, oh, they play the King and the Tudors. I don't watch the show. I just know. He, oh. I just think I saw that he was from that oh, show. They just announced who's going to play General Zod in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so he's, is General Zod is definitely going to be in it then. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I think the guy's name is Michael Shannon. Uh, he's actually 
He's, really he's been actor. in things you've seen before. Yeah, uh, Oscar yeah. nominated. Yeah, he was in Revolutionary Road. Um, a couple other things. I, I also remember him from Pearl Harbor. He played Goose, the the kind of surfer dude. Man, in, uh, I don't recognize that at all. Yeah, I was kind of holding out for Mixoplex myself. It was a joke. <laughs> it doesn't look like Lennon's going to be able to join us. I used us. to hate Mitchell Plick on, on Super Friends, man. Oh, so like, did I, actually. I was in trouble. <laughs> it's like, you know, just, just buzz off. You're just annoying. Uh, well. So, Lynn's not going to make it back? I, I don't believe so. I don't know. The, the wallabies yeah. are attacking her internet or something. And drop bears. Uh, yeah, drop bears yeah. right on my my internet cables. Drop bears on Skype. But uh, well, who who is this? Let me see if I can get a picture of this Michael Shannon guy. Yeah, you'll recognize him soon. Just say him. Yeah, you'll. Yeah, he's well, in the. I think currently. Well, here are the things I'm hearing. The HBO series. Boardwalk we have, Oh yeah, I do know this guy. Steve, Steve I don't see show. him as Zod, but yeah. he is a good guy. He was in that movie Bug. Very creepy. Yeah. He's, he is a good know. actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. He seems too young to be a Zod to me, but he seems and I not regal enough. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know why they don't. I don't know. He looks to me like he could. I'm make not it saying work, he I can't. Think. He's a good actor. I'm just saying that's not how he strikes me. So I wonder. You know, we've we've talked about this a bit on the forum, but we haven't talked about it on the show. So apparently, the buzz right now is Zack Snyder is directing. Uh, yeah. Henry Cavill. Is the is playing Superman? Uh, Amy Adams is Lois Lane. Apparently, the yes. the, the, the kids. Yeah, I can't complain about that. I love her. Um. Apparently, the kids are played by Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. Yeah. And uh, I don't think anybody said anything if Lex Luthor is going to be in this or not. I know the very early interviews I saw with Dave, with uh, David Goyer, they, they said that the storyline they were working on involved Lex Luthor and Brainiac. Yeah. That, which, I remember you wrote that on the, uh, on the forum. Yeah. And I don't know if that's still the plan. Uh, was odd. I don't see how they can do it. Yeah. Well, unless you're going to do like a Superman one sort of thing where you have like you introduce Zod and then set him up for a sequel and rather than making him the bad guy. Yeah, maybe. I think they might go with Zod because one thing I do kind of like about uh, Zack Snyder's take is he kind of had this idea is like we got to give Superman something to punch. Yeah. So Zod (laughs) is a good one to bring in because. The problem with Luther or or any of these these villains, you know, is they're not action oriented enough for Superman. And Superman's not a thinker; he's not a cerebral character either. So, you know, if you don't give him something to punch, and you pit him against Lex Luthor, then what have you got? You've got him looking like a moron and not getting to break things. And so, all his powers are sort of pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they at least they figured that out because. Uh, I think that might have been what was wrong with the last movie, really. was. I mean, there were a lot of things wrong with the last movie, but one of the things was that he, you know, he just come off looking like an idiot next to Lex Luthor. Yeah, (laughs) you know, if Luthor's going to do diabolical things that are difficult to figure out, that's one thing. But, I mean, it's planned to even make sense in the movie. Wow. And Superman should be able to spin around the Earth like a million times till he finds Luthor. Or just uses X-ray vision, like... 
He's not even, he's right off the coast of Metropolis. He's not even hiding, you know. Yeah. So that's that's a hard one. This I'm I'm the only thing I'm worried about is one thing I did like about Superman Returns is that it kept that the the traditional spirit of Superman. And that's what I want to see. I don't yeah. want them to turn this into much as as I like Zack Snyder, and I think he's really good. He's a good choice for doing comic book movies. I don't want to see this be an overblown special effects kind of movie. I do, I do want to see the character of Superman properly portrayed in the film. Yeah. So, I'm not... Uh, what I'm seeing on this looks good, though. I just think, you know, back to my original point, I think that Brandon Ruth got a little screwed here because he didn't do anything wrong. He's a good Superman. And nothing is a new guy. He may do a good job too, but you know, when you find a guy that can do Superman, you should hold on to him because that's difficult to find someone that makes that legitimate, authentic. Yeah, yeah, I would like to have seen him as Superman again. I wish I'd, you know, let, uh, we originally had been hearing that they were just going to rewrite the franchise around him and and keep him. Which I also would have liked. I didn't mind them yeah. throwing out Superman yeah. Returns. I just didn't want them throwing out him. So I'm sorry about that. I'm glad that that being in that film put him in the public eye and he's still, you know, he's still in things. So it certainly isn't a bad thing that he's in that movie. He did all right. But it is a shame. I would have liked to see them put Tom Welling in the movie. Whether or not it has anything to do with Smallville, I think he would have he would have been a good pick to, to sort of elevate. But that's directors and vanity, really. You bring in a guy to make a movie, he's like he doesn't want it to be connected in any way to another piece of the franchise. Yeah. And that's sort of Zack Snyder's thing on this. It's like we're making this movie as if none of the movies ever happened. It's like so you can't say we'll get the guy from the last movie. Like no, because then people call this a sequel to that movie, and I don't want that. So we want you get the guy from Smallville. It's like because then people will say this is an extension of that, and it's not. Yeah. It's like so I understand that, but at some, but it does irritate me a little bit. It's too because that is just sort of creative vanity to want to put your your own artistic stamp. It's like we were talking about the Fright Night thing, where they they start changing things, but you know, it, at some point you're just changing things to put your own signature on it. And if you want to do that, once you make up your own idea, exactly. Like, this is a reimagining. It's like it's not a reimagining. You're not imagining at all. You're taking someone <laughs> else's idea. This is an unimagining. Yeah, if you were imagining, you'd have your own ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how imagining works. <laughs> you make up new ideas. Anyone is like we're we're critics. Hmm. Like we we talk about stuff all the time. We talk endlessly about. You know what I do with that movie? It's like, well, it's easy. Somebody else made a movie, and you like look at every little part of it, and you can criticize it. That's easy. Like we're not we're we're not blind to the fact that it's easy to criticize something that's already created, but you know you as a filmmaker are doing the same thing when you make a remake. Of course, you took you took all the working parts of something else and you just rearranged it. That's that's not the same as creation. Cre- creation is when you come up with something new. That doesn't mean it, it that thing has to be wholly uninspired by other things. But you can't just take, like, if I took Star Wars today, like, we did a, how we do it on that. We're like, oh, we do this. Oh, we're so brilliant. Oh, we totally should have done that. It's like, now, now that you look at something and you can judge it for being good or bad, but creating something out of a vacuum is very different. Yeah, it's reverse engineering is what we do. Yeah, of course. You know, 
anyone but a complete moron should be able to look at something that exists and make a suggestion to make it better in some way. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're an absolute moron, then you'll make a suggestion that would actually make it worse. But a person of <laughs> average intelligence should be able to look at anything and make a suggestion that would, in some way, make it better. And that's what that's what critics do. That's why critics should be careful not to, you know, not to be too critical of the people themselves. A lot of hard work goes into things that suck. <laughs> But, you know, in retrospect, I'm sure the guys that made that Fantastic Four movie are like, guys, this really is a piece of crap. It's like, what happened? No, no, no. We worked hard. We did things. I've been there. I've done that. I've made things that are crap. Lots. Perhaps most. Maybe all. (laughs) But, But it's a lot easier looking back at it to make that decision. And it's certainly a lot easier to look at it from a totally different perspective. That's... I heard Eddie Murphy talking about that kind of stuff one time. He's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you know, you can kind of tell when you're on a good movie set. You know, it's like, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, everybody's upbeat, happy. And it's like, you know, best defense. Everybody was like, no, I don't know about this let's one. Get <laughs> this, let's get this thing done. <laughs> when yeah. like, Golden Child, everybody was like, oh. Well, did you guys want to do another take? No, let's move on. Are you, are you sure? Yeah. Look, come on. Yeah. <laughs> None of us is going to be paid extra to do another take. So let's get out of here. But yeah, I think that's why it's important to sort of pay attention to your critics in some way because that uh, that perspective is valuable. So long as people just aren't, aren't being overly critical or deliberately critical. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... It's easy. It, you should remember, in the, especially in the case of remakes, I hate people who are pretentious about remakes because you're just you just you were handed from a stack of things the studio wanted done. You were given something off that stack. That's kind of what's going on with this Arthur remake. It's like everybody's like being all reverent about it and stuff. I you know, I don't know. It may. I mean, this remake may be a good movie, but you know, it just kind of annoys me that they. They're just recycling properties now. Yeah. They're not coming up with anything. Well, they there. make so many movies in a year. They're just going to come up with something to make. Like I said, I don't fault them that at all. I don't like you taking something that I consider to be classic and monkeying around with it. Like, you know, even something like Fright Night, which you know isn't immune to that. I mean, it's it's a good movie, but it's not untouchable. But at the same time, it's got its own charm. Just don't mess with it. If if oh, you don't okay. want to approach that, if you don't want to if you don't want to make that work, then don't take the concept. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I, I'm watching Lord of the Rings right now. If they're going to remake Lord of the Rings, you've got to, you know, it's got to be a fantasy movie. You can't remake it as, you know, I don't know, like a sci-fi. I mean, you know, it, it, there's certain things that you got to hold true to. I think in in movies. I mean, that's that's a well, very broad, the, broad yeah what's the spirit but, what's the concept change exactly. the details because you're working in a medium that you may not be able to include everything that's fine you know that's like we were talking about that Captain America movie from 1990 and I was back in back in those days yeah. reading an article and it was the guy the screenwriter Stephen Tolkien was talking about it this was before the movie came out this is well actually before the movie failed to come out and he's talking about, you know, oh, I'd never even heard of Captain America. You know, this was like the common thing in comic book movies back then where you get a guy like, I'd never even heard of that before I got the assignment. It's like, you know, really? 
You never heard of Captain America? And then he's like, yeah, I wrote it where he's hardly in the suit because who can look at that stupid suit, you know, for too long? (laughs) This is a character that's been around for, at this time, like 50 years. And he's like, ah, who can stomach that suit? It's like, it's, it's, it's gotten some play. It's got some staying power, you know, but that's what you had to deal with back then. You know, why are you working on this then? That's my complaint that you don't like Captain America doesn't bother me at all. Why are you the guy writing it? Paycheck's a paycheck. I made this, I made it into this big opera, but like you're overthinking it. Captain America, Red Skull, that's it. This is what's worked. Just like, just like the new Star Trek movie. I knew we were up the creek when I heard J.J. Abrams say he was going to try to make it more like Star well, Wars. I was like, but oh, you can crap. tell that the people who worked on that film, the people who wrote it, did understand. They did. We were familiar with Star Trek. Yeah, at least somewhat. Yeah, I mean, you're very critical of that movie, and, and I don't always understand that criticism. But <laughs> and I kind of think you're. Full crap, but <laughs> but I thought they did a good. No. Jo- I actually thought the Star Trek movie is a good example of of the kind of remake I like, where they sort of tried to center, they sort of tried to filter out what they thought the core of the spirit of the story was, and honor that because you get all this other like forty years of canon to work with that you can't get into a movie. Plus, they've got to get so many things to happen by throughout the course of this movie. I mean, to tell the story of those guys just coming out of school doesn't work but that's what yeah. they were given like oh like you want to see these guys coming well they don't they're not that crew right out of school they're not all together on the same ship they're not all going to be there captain kirk can't become captain right out of school so you've already got to do a lot of a lot of big leaps to get them all in those spots for that movie and given that i thought they did yeah. a good job i would not have made the movie about that personally but you wanted to see Kirk do the Kobayashi Maru you wanted to see them sort of grow up as kids and all that kind of stuff so you kind of skip some steps and the studio wanted to cast young sexy I don't blame him for that either that's a good idea sexy in Star Trek is not exactly a new idea either but given that you got to figure out the best way to tell the story and keep the core of what you think those characters in that story should be and and I think aside from you know I agree that the, the set design I didn't I didn't enjoy that set design aside from that I I did like the movie uh, the lens flares too <laughs> I don't mind that stuff either well, like to I me it, there, it's them. sort of ridiculous when you compare it like like they did in Red Letter too <laughs> where nothing is in any way realistic or believable because everything's just screaming and shouting but they're making it into an action movie so so I accept that knowing that the, the being a big movie, it's going to be something of an action movie. I, yeah. I can accept that. I just don't need to pretend like there's a big piece of glass between me and the action. That you know, the light from the set is like shining. Well, I really into my think eyes. it's a, that's a matter of brightness because, and I know we've talked about this before, and this has nothing to do with the topic we're talking about. But <laughs> I really think that Sorry. the slowness uh, in Star Trek during battle scenes actually works because you see these ships cruising through space and then you cut to the interior of the ship and then all running around and the camera shaking and stuff but there's stuff in this sort of dimly lit claustrophobic environment and you have this impression like they're on a submarine you have this impression like they're stuck there 
Yeah. Like so, like what the beauty of of Wrath of Khan, which is the most exciting and most beloved of all the films, is Wrath of Khan ends in a crawl, because both of the ships are crippled and they're literally crawling at each other yeah. through space. Mm-hmm. Like when Khan's like setting off the bomb, they're like, "We got to get away," and they're like going like two miles an hour, <laughs> just like, "Come on, come on!" It's like that's the most suspense. <laughs> floor it, Sulu, floor That's it. where you're scared. It's like we're stuck in the middle of space in this, you know. That's the real, the real suspense there. It has a, it has a real genuine feel. Yeah. As opposed to like in the the remake where everything's just like blowing up and like we're turning into a black hole. We're gonna speed up out of here. Like everything, everything's like a million miles an hour. Because that's because yeah. that's told anyway. to the the mainstream audience. Like this is so exciting. You have to just have a guy come up and go. This is exciting. You like this? <laughs> Eat popcorn. <laughs> You're thirsty <Right>. for coke. <laughs> that's just mainstream filmmaking. Yeah. So I do agree with well, that. to tie it back to what we were talking about. You know, I mean, this this probably going to be the the thing that kills the new Superman. You know, this 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 need to make everything just so daggum frenetic in, in movies It won't days. kill it to me as long as the core of the character is there. I expect they're going to do that because what they did with Superman Returns was a throwback to the original films and it was a little bit less of an action piece and it didn't work. So I expect that it's going to be pretty over the top and Zack Snyder as a pick, you know, not that everything he does is just a rock'em sock'em. I mean, he, he handled the cerebral quality of Watchmen very well, I thought. But when they did fight scenes, whereas Watchmen, the comic, is extremely realistic looking, like Dave Gibbons is doing the artwork, and the people look like people in costumes and doesn't look in any way stylish or crazy and sexy. But in the movie, they're all wearing like these super movie superhero outfits and they're jumping out of planes and, you know, doing ninja kicks and all these like flips and things like that. That's not really that consistent with the way the comic book is done visually, but I accept it because that's the popcorn. But where he told the story in between, the story was was very true to what the story of Watchmen should be. If he keeps that kind of balance in Superman, then I'm fine with that. Nothing in the Superman comic book says he can't like punch somebody to the moon. <laughs> like That's fine. <laughs> Big, giant robots, that's Superman's bread and butter. But just make sure that he's not ripping off Lex Luthor's head and throwing it down a volcano or something, you know. Like, make sure Superman is Superman. I don't care what you do with the movie. Superman just has to be Superman. Doesn't have to be dark, broody, or sad. I don't care about any of that crap. Well, yeah, yeah, that's not the character, yeah. Yeah, you need somebody who is, like, an inspiration. Yeah. And that's why I'm sad about Brandon Ruth. I thought he was good. He talks. He sounds like Christopher Reeve. I don't. Well, that might have been the problem. That might have been, you know, why they why they decided not to go with him again because they're maybe trying to depart from that Christopher Reeve Superman. I think they're just trying to depart from all other Superman movies. I don't think it's personal to him or Christopher Reeve. I think it's just we want to make a whole new movie. We want this to be the first Superman movie. So not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's good. But that's the that's the situation. So what else you got? Do we need to do a part three? No, I don't think we need to do a part three. <laughs> I should mention that I, I don't want to mention the Hulk TV series because everyone knows about that and that was popular enough as well done. 
and the Hulk movies also, you know, that there's not much to say. The first one was not that good. The second one was pretty good. Yeah, they're still struggling, though. Well, I mean, there's a whole different deal with them trying to get the Hulk and the Avengers. And well, yeah, apparently they they can't get, um, um, oh, crap. Ed Norton, but I don't Ed know Norton, where, the, yeah, yeah the, the, I don't know where the, there's some animosity there because Ed Norton's camp was, was sort of gracious about, well, we wanted to do it, but it didn't work out. And then somebody over at the studio was like, yep, he wanted too much money. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I don't remember so that. I don't know. But, uh, I don't like, know. Who's Ed Norton? I mean, he brings a lot to a movie, especially an ensemble movie. Well, I would love to see that. I would hate to yeah. think that they asked for a price tag that, that couldn't be met because, you know, Ed Norton that was, that was a big big believer in making a Hulk movie. He liked the Hulk. He wanted, like, yeah. he believed in the character. But there's no telling when that it's comes from. a good from. Bruce Banner. Yeah, I mean, it was. I really liked that movie. I thought that was a good Hulk movie. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. But one thing I find interesting is uh, back in the when when they made the old series, they came back and did these sort of comeback uh, reunion TV movies, mm-hmm. and they started bringing back other like second stringers, <laughs> like like he the, in the Hulk Returns, he comes back and he actually teams up with Thor. Yeah, and he and Thor go razzle drug dealers or something it's always something dumb even in the Captain America movie he goes to like some small town helping farmers out I don't know why that's all this well, seems like formula, not though. necessary for cheap. a superhero yeah exactly because it's easy to go film on a farm <laughs> but why do they always just have to go help these downtrodden villagers seems like we should be fighting giant robots or something well it'd be hard to fight giant robots every week well, or any week back on those budgets. It's like, come on, yeah. man. What we do is we put a guy on a wire, I throw him, and that's it. That's what we get. That's budget. <laughs> but uh, then the Hulk actually teamed up with Daredevil in the trial yeah. of the Hulk. Daredevil yeah, appeared was, in that TV that was, movie. That was the, the last appearance of Bill Bixby. Nope, nope, not true. No. Oh, no? No, they did. I thought he died at the end of that one. No, they did the death of the Incredible Hulk. There was a third one. And that's, oh, okay. that was the last appearance where they oh, were apparently okay. going to have someone come in and be She-Hulk or something, but, uh, but they didn't. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the characters there relate to comic book characters, but he didn't team up with another superhero in that one. They just killed him, which was kind of fun. That's a nice finale to the Bill Bixby Hulk, actually. Yeah, it was a good, you know, uh, it was a good wrap up you know, into that. Yeah. He died really. He died pretty cool too. You know, we fell out of a helicopter and changed on the way down. We changed back to David Banner on the way down. Yeah, I I thought they had they figured it out on that show because the the pathos of the character was so well defined and explored. That 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 theme is like the saddest theme ever. Yeah, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out on this on that theme. I think in this episode. Well, it, it, it made sense. We're just walking they actually, down the street. You know, that, that series, actually, it made sense that the Hulk would be out helping farmers and stuff like that because he was just traveling around. Because he's a know? fugitive. That's why yeah. there are so many shows yeah. with that concept. It's the fugitive, you know. You're on the run, so you end up in all these dinky little towns that are easy to film in. But that's a good one. That's probably a good one for us to go out on, although I would like to mention very quickly the Nick Fury movie with Hasselhoff, if you haven't seen that. That's one I should look should have looked to download. 
Wow. I didn't no, think I about looking for that, that one. one. That's a movie from the vault. Hasselhoff did a Nick Fury movie. Yeah. With the one eye patch and everything? Yeah, that is a good movie from the vault. This, Yeah, he had the eye patch. The one eye patch. <laughs> Two eye patches get in the way of <laughs> the crime fighting. That's a genius. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big enough badass to have two eye patches. I think this was a, 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 like a sci fi picture. It might have been a pilot, but I want to say it was a sci fi picture. But if you can look that up. I was going to mention <laughs> Reb Brown as a Johnny drama, too, but but it's okay. <laughs> That'll probably well, do. Well, there it is. Just play the music. And <laughs> Red Brown. Red Brown, Johnny Drama. Played Captain America. Yeah. Done. Didn't Jonathan Frakes have something to do with the Captain America movie? I... No, what you're well, thinking like of, that, that is an interesting sidebar. I don't think he ever, it was ever attached to a project, but one of his early, if I'm remembering this correctly, one of Jonathan Frakes' earliest acting gigs before Star Trek was actually playing a Captain America in a promotion like, you know, where you see them out at cons dressed in the spandex. Oh, okay, Like, outside okay. of screenings and things. Like, I don't think he played him in anything. If I'm remembering correctly, that he, he had that job. Did he oh. have the beard? Well, this is pre... In the first... Know, before before the first season, he, he was no beard. I remember. I was just joking. Yeah. This was, like, first season Jonathan Frakes. Or, yeah. You know, Commander Riker. <laughs> yeah. But he was still thin and such. Yeah, some, somewhere between the first and second season, something happened to him, man. But, yeah, he got kind of beefy. And then, yeah. and it, but and just kind of, I don't know. It's hard to, I guess, be that kind of beefy guy. Let's see. Jonathan Freaks, Captain America. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we've handled it now. Yeah, he was appearing at conventions in costume as Captain America. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I All think right. that does it. That I mean, that covers. I can't. I think that covers my whole list. We're talking about just like I didn't mention the Aquaman pilot, which I actually thought was good. But I didn't realize I even had one. Oh yeah, it was the same guy who plays Green Arrow in in Smallville. Before that, they got him to do a pilot for Aquaman because after the Aquaman appearance on Smallville, they thought we could do a show out of this. But then they didn't cast the dude who played Aquaman. They cast a better looking dude. <laughs> who probably did do a better job but that guy's like what the hell ouch <laughs> but it worked out for him because when they cast the other dude as Green Arrow later on in in Smallville they wanted to do these team ups where they brought back Aquaman so the original Aquaman got to come back because they'd already cast that dude as Green Arrow so it worked out for him. He got a couple more appearances. <laughs> but still, though, you'd feel like, you yeah. know. When they got that call. I'm know. a second stringer Aquaman. That's awful. I know. Okay. I'll be, I'll be come do one episode with that guy who took my job and now is a regular on the show. Yeah, Aquaman. Not a second stringer Superman or a Batman. Yeah, a that second was your stringer second Aquaman. Choice for Aquaman. <laughs> but in, in all fairness, that guy is sort of like a future man cheesehead. He's got like a crow mag forehead. I wouldn't want to see him in the Aquaman series either. But yeah, that definitely does it. But that definitely does it. We covered it. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for our uh, weird world tour, or world weird tour, whatever we're calling it, and uh, where we where we voyage into Florida, the wild jungle known as Florida. 
Yeah, we'll be doing a, a, yeah, a few joints in Florida and VC mm-hmm. at several different places this summer, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll so. keep you posted on that. And I don't know, eventually that will lead to videos. I don't, I can't promise when. Yeah, so in 2013, get ready to watch the videos. Yeah, good happen. I, we shoot this I, it may take the rest of this year for me to finish that Christmas video. <laughs> you got to get yeah. it before 2012. That's about two years ago. I haven't, I haven't even seen it. Uh, well, first part's out. Second part will be out very soon. Of that. Oh, the I'm, first part's out? I didn't know the first part was out. Yeah, it's been out for like, what, two months? Oh, I don't, you know, follow the show. Or anything <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, I anyway, to the podcast, the videos, I, have, I, I do have a hard time. You may them. know that our videos are on YouTube.com slash TV. You can see stuff like that. But we also post that stuff on uh, our TV at My Dinner site, that TV8MyDinner.com. So you can see links to our audio episodes, our video episodes, and our random videos. That's all there. And, Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook also, <laughs> which <laughs> Apparently Greg doesn't check that either, but he likes everyone to come there. Well, you can follow Facebook. us on Twitter. You can uh, like us on Facebook and uh, go to the go to com. We've got some new stuff always coming out there too. So I definitely don't check that. I don't think go to the forum at forum.tv at com, which Greg also doesn't visit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't be sorry to me. I'm the I'm the color man, man. I, I you know, I don't, I don't have to do all this, all that stuff. You're the what? The color man. You know what a color man is? No. Oh, okay. Well, like you know, in a, in a radio broadcast or like a sports broadcast, they got the guy who actually does the work, and then they got the color the guy, color commentator, the color commentator. Yeah. So that's who's that job is just to be funny. That's what you think your role here is? Yeah. Okay. Don't you think, Gary? Uh, yeah. I think that, I think that's funny that you said that. I think it's funny that you think that. So maybe that counts. See, it can't it can't be you because you the guy you're the guy who has all the knowledge. Hey, you know that's my argument too. Hey, you're the front still, guy. You're the front guy. He's yeah, the color commentator. Front. You're the axe man. All right. <laughs> Yeah, the I color mean, guy doesn't do only that just a comedy. It's also like this little side. Yeah, he's a sidekick. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I can probably allow for that. <laughs> see? See, you feel better about it now, don't sort you? Sort of peripheral. Like, <laughs> one would say unnecessary. <laughs> I figured like I could word it away eventually that he does. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of guy you get it to taste your minute. food for you. You know? Took him a minute to figure out it was a compliment. (laughs) All right. My name is Sean. I'm Greg. This is Gary. And we'll see you next week. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me.
This has been TBA Find Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. is over there <laughs> Peace out uh, people well, that was good <laughs> Yeah, a little okay. awkward. It's there. Uh, color bit, what?